It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, May 16th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to see what we can learn from some of these playoffs. You can always learn something. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, Flyers fans. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we are going to see what we can learn from some of these playoff teams. We're going to look at a couple of first round losers and a couple of first round winners and see what the Flyers could take away from how these teams' season are going. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, YouTube, wherever you are getting your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. So, Russ, I think the biggest story of the playoffs this past weekend was the Toronto Maple Leafs falling in Game 7 to the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, it, it's just one of those things where I felt like entire hockey world, I wanted Toronto to lose this game <laughs> just because it's tradition at this point. I think uh, somewhere out there, it said that the Leafs have lost the last five elimination games yeah. that they have been in, which has gone back to like 2004. Unbelievable streak of misery and sadness for Leafs fans, but... I do think that they can hold themselves high because unlike I think in previous years, this team actually played well in this series overall. And I think they just ran up against a team that was just marginally better. I mean, that's part of it. They look, I picked them to win. I thought they could win. I still thought they could win yesterday's game and they did get close. I think what really happened is though, and this is a hard thing to put your finger on in sports, but in game six, Tampa, you know, was behind. The Leafs had a lead. When the Leafs lost that lead, I said to a buddy, you know, I'm still thinking the Leafs could win, but they may never get another lead in the rest of the series now. This, that may be it. That may have been their one chance to knock out a champion, and they couldn't do it. And as it turns out, it was. And that's what happens sometimes. So is that on the players? Yes. Is that on management? Yes. It's on all of them. While they're a very good team, they're still lacking something because, again, what's going to make the playoffs any easier for them next year? Nothing. So things have to change for them because if they don't, they're just going to be playing Russian roulette with teams that they can't beat. Well, it's very interesting because I think that if you compare this Leafs team to the team from last year, the things that they were lacking on, they did improve. Their defense was absolutely better overall mm -hmm. this season. And yep. I thought it was much better in this series than it was against Montreal last year. Obviously that was a disaster, right? Yeah. But I, I think that maybe 
goaltending while it, they did get better like Campbell was pretty solid he was you good know, this it, it, he's a good goaltender he's not Vasilevsky I would say overall but I think he's a real solid goaltender and played pretty well in, in the playoffs so the things that they were the weakest at they did improve on and so and yet we have the same results right, right? other teams improve too so what do you do this offseason if you're the Leafs? Well, I, if I'm Brendan Shanahan, I have to bring in Dubas and Keefe in the office at the same time because apparently they're a package deal. And I really need to hear what's going to be different. What are you going to coach different? What's going to be different in the marketplace? What's different with this roster construction? Because even though on the surface it is better, it's not good enough. And if they can't give me a good reason – or I'm not buying it, then I'm getting rid of both of them. You I know? think that's a possibility. I, I'm 50-50 with that. And then like William Nylander, who they've always talked about getting rid of, you know, I'm finally at the point where I think they have to trade them because in games, especially if they put him up to the top line because they're trying to like really bolster scoring, he's always that guy that's looking for the path of least resistance in the way he plays. And it works in the regular season because you could always find these holes and – and, you know, open areas of the ice and, you know, maybe a bad matchup or two. But once you start getting into the playoffs, there's not any bad matchups. All these teams are bolstered up and they play a much tighter physical game. He can't do that. He can't rise to that occasion. He is one of my core. So now I've got to relieve that cap space and redo my team again because that's part of the core I've got to break up. Yeah, I think so, too. And if Sheldon Keith does get fired, is he somebody that the Flyers should talk to? They should talk to him because he did a good job building them to this point. I don't think he's a bad coach. But what I did say on another show is it still doesn't mean he can get out of the first round either. Sometimes you do need that other experienced guy to say, I'm going to do things just a little differently here that I think will do the trick for this team. Where Keith just hasn't learned how to do that yet. And how many years can you give him with that team, with that talented core that's just getting older? That's the question. Yeah, it's a really good question. And I think you talk to him, too, because I wonder if with Keith, this is a situation where he can get a team past this, but maybe not this one. Mm -hmm. uh, I do think that's possible based on what Sheldon Keefe has done. It's a tough uh, and, market, yeah, and it, and it does wear you down. And so there is something about that. Not that Philly's an easy market, but Toronto's tough, on coaches especially. Yeah. So given that the Leafs have this tremendously talented team, which is a lot different than the Flyers, let's yes. be real, and still couldn't get it done, does that make you feel better from a Flyers perspective no. or worse? <laughs> no, I think it's the same. Yeah. It's the same. All right. Well, yeah, I'm not sure that the situations are similar enough to make some direct comparisons here, but I think we can maybe take advantage of what the Leafs will have to do this offseason and maybe make some deals with them. Maybe we talk to Sheldon Keefe. We'll see how that goes. I want to talk about the Los Angeles Kings who lost in game seven to the Edmonton Oilers. And man, the Kings put up such a good fight in this series. So impressive. 
I think part of their success to the degree that they had it was because Jonathan Quick, like, I think really stepped up in a way that he hadn't in a long time. But he's been playing really well all season long. And that was part of their regular season success. And they're in a really good position going into this offseason because they continue to have young players who are stepping up. But I want to talk about the Kings model about what they're doing, because I think we can learn from the Kings in figuring out a way to develop your young players successfully, and then just adding supplemental veterans Mm -hmm. where they can to fill in the gaps. So, you know, Mark Yannetti's been with this team a long time, and he's the best in the business. Uh, If I'm every team, I'm trying to copy some things that he does for sure. But the the other thing is, besides the drafting part, they're also great at development. And that's where three years ago when the Kings were on this, hey, we're rebuilding thing. I even said last year they're ahead of schedule and they're going to get to the playoffs one of these years. And that'll just be a bonus for them. And that's where they are. They, they hit the bonus round this year and quick can come back another year. He's got a year in his contract. He looks ju- is good enough that they could even give another run with him. What they've been able to do, though, is. So Mikey Anderson, who at times is playing on their top pair, he was a fourth-round pick in 2017. You know, the Flyers took Ustamenko the round before. Mikey Anderson was a known guy. He, I covered him in the U18s. I interviewed him. I saw what good a player he was. Inexplicably, though, he dropped in the draft. I think some people thought, eh, just not enough offense, just not enough physicality, just not enough of anything to make us want to get him. So the Kings get him. And they develop them. You know, Derek Forbert was a guy that got drafted in 2010, 15th overall. He didn't even hit the NHL until 2015-16. And that was for a short time. Then he got sent back down. And then he became a regular. You tell me the last time the Flyers stuck with a guy that long and then got four seasons out of him. Like, these are qualities that you have to have as an organization to be able to have this kind of success. Now, Forbert played for for Boston this year, but he had been helping them. You know, Alex Edler, that's a good mid-range pickup. Didn't cost you, you know, as I think he was cheaper than Ristolainen as an example. So, you know, that's, that's a good mid-level pickup. You start to look at um, Stetcher. I mean, Stetcher has been around, but all of a sudden that was a good fit for them. You know, they, they drafted Bjorn He didn't play in the playoffs, but he played 70 games this year. He's 21. And I want to say he had under 10 penalty minutes, something crazy like that. Like he just is super disciplined. They didn't have Drew Doughty. Let's not forget if Drew Doughty's on their team next year, they're going further in the playoffs. So this is a team that is the best in the league at putting together a defensive system roster and also in the AHL. And that's what the Flyers could learn from. And Alex Iafalo, he's just a college free agent, man. He's a really damn good one. You have to take those swings every year like the Kings had been doing while they were rebuilding. They said, hey, we'll add another piece. We'll add another piece. We'll get a little better. Sure enough, things happened. They made the playoffs this year. Like that's that is kind of how you do it. But you can't rush it. And the Flyers want to rush it. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think that the Kings just really understand player development in a way 
that the flyers don't. And we get all these uh, Kings consultants, right? Ex-Kings yep. people coming into the flyers. And for some reason, it doesn't translate that there's some sort of roadblock there that it doesn't translate as well as you think it people, should. They're not getting the right people because the right people are still with the case. Staying, Yeah, that's true. But, you know, you talk about adding key extra pieces that maybe other teams wouldn't take a chance on. Philip Deneau, you know, did not have yeah. as successful a season with Montreal the year before, had an outstanding season this year and was a key contributor. So I do think the LA Kings are a team to look to in terms of what the Flyers should be doing. Uh, we will talk about some winners and what the Flyers can learn from them coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we're going to talk about the Florida Panthers. And I know a lot of us have some skin in this game because of Claude Giroux. And so we're watching this series a little bit more closely. And they, of course, eliminated the Washington Capitals in six games this time. Uh, Claude Giroux had a goal and two assists in game six, including a really great assist on that overtime winner, I think Carter Verhage is, is of course, the standout uh, 12 points in the playoffs so far. But they did start off a little shaky in this series, Mm -hmm. but I think got better as the the series went on and were ultimately, I think, able to take advantage of a Washington Capitals team by shutting down Ovechkin and getting lucky with Tom Wilson being out injured. Yeah, Wilson's out injured. Ovechkin's got a bad shoulder. We, We know that. But the Capitals decided they would play like veteran heavy hockey. And that is hard to break through sometimes when you have won a cup, you know how to do it. The coach knows how to do it in La Violette. And I think the Panthers had some trouble with that. But I do think they worked their way through it. I think Aaron Ekblad um, really rose to the occasion. No question Giroux did. And listen, the whole hockey world could have picked up Carter Verhage anytime they wanted in the last three, four years, multiple times over. So, again, I talked about how Bill Zito had made major changes with his team but he was able to do it because he didn't spend too much on players and he had cap space. Hear that, Flyers fans? The key word, cap space. Yeah, I think that's from a management side. That's the biggest thing that the Flyers can take away from what the Florida Panthers have done is that they have had such excellent roster management and cap management that they've been able to make these adjustments to get better and better each year over the last several years. You yep. talk about Verhage. You know, I think Duclair was a a really great pickup as well. Like, I wanted him on the Flyers so bad. I was very disappointed when he went to Florida. But, you know, Bill Zito, of course, is a very appealing GM that can sell his team really well. But I, I do also think that the other thing that the Flyers really need to take away from the Florida Panthers is the culture of that team. 
And they just have such a, a strong culture of resiliency there that you've seen them in the regular season come back from being behind time and time again. They came back from being behind in this series. They came back from being behind in individual games. They don't shut down. This team no. just never shuts down. And that is something that has been missing from the Flyers. Yeah, I think what the Flyers took for granted in Claude Giroux was Giroux is that guy that's kind of willing the Panthers to get past some of these down moments in these games because he's kind of like, look, I've been there. I could, We could do this. And, and he's been showing them how to do it. And it's a big thing for them. Now, if people want to be haters and say, why couldn't he do that for the Flyers? He had been doing that for the Flyers. But again, you could only do so much when half your team isn't motivated correctly. And that's the you could see that the Flyers were not. When you watch these other teams, and especially a team with Giroux, there's a big difference in the way Giroux's playing, in his demeanor, in the way they're using him, everything. He's got a much bigger spark than he did in Philly. Absolutely. He's been such a huge factor for them since he joined the team and I think he's in the perfect kind of role. And, and your point about having more guys who understand that you can turn things around and are confident in that, it makes all the difference in the world. And Drew yeah. is the perfect complement to that kind of roster. And I, I just think that there has to be infused into the Flyers a, a portion of that kind of attitude going into next season. And so that is what they can learn from the Florida Panthers. For sure. I want to also talk about the St. Louis Blues because they won their series over the Minnesota Wild four games to two. And, you know, I, I went back and forth on did the Wild lose this series or did the Blues win this series? And I think you can make points on both sides of that argument. I, I just think the Wild didn't step up. But I will say the Blues, I think, took kind of that veteran experience that you refer to about the Capitals in their losing series, but also combined it with putting the system and the confidence together of a team like the Florida Panthers and had a successful series here. Yeah, they were able to really get past major injuries on their blue line. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Pareko and Falk were playing massive minutes when Krug went out. They brought up Perinovich, who, again, a guy passed over three three times until drafted. I mean, this is a guy that they drafted him finally. They saw that he was a winner in school. They kept him in the system. I think Minnesota, while they were my secondary team, besides Florida, I thought Florida would win the cup and make it to the cup. And I still think they could. Um, Minnesota should not have put in um, – they shouldn't have changed Flurry. They really shouldn't have. I felt like yeah. the, win the minute they made that change – the one goal was given up uh, that you saw the bench get deflated. It's true. I mean, you know that when you get a soft goal per game, like you just can't do that in the playoffs. It's something you cannot factor in. And I like Talbot as a guy, but he should sure. have been put in there. No, I 100% agree with you there. But I also think uh, really interestingly, the Blues took advantage of having learned from their experience in the regular season that they had a rough stretch with COVID and injuries and such. And much like the Flyers did, where they were running an 11-7 distribution in their roster for a stretch, 
we saw how like awful it was for the Flyers when they did it, that it was not successful for them, really. But the Blues were successful in it. Now, they have the the exact right kind of depth, like a solid top nine to pull it off that the Flyers did not have. And I understand that difference. But at the same time, to have confidence that if you have to run 11 forwards and just you know, double shift some guys when you need to throw in a fourth line to give some guys some rest. But you can keep that 7D system, which is stronger than it was, like you said. I just think that's a good combination and maybe something that if the Flyers don't feel confident enough that they can build a solid fourth line, which is something we've been talking about, Mm -hmm. can they overemphasize their top nine in this offseason in a way to put something like this together. Depends on the coach. Like a John Tortorella can do it. Not Mm -hmm. every coach can do it. Gallant did it for a game. I mean, so, you know, sometimes it could be done. We give Baruby credit, though, because he successfully switched back to Bennington. That turned out to be massive. We didn't think Bennington would even get in there. Like, we weren't even sure. So I thought he would have been terrible if they did. Yeah, (laughs) right. So they got him back. So you got to give him credit for that. But the biggest thing that happened to them this year, and this is what the Flyers could learn from, Tarasenko was going to leave that team. He was asking for a trade. He was out. But then the Rangers couldn't hold on to Buchnevich, even though I think they could have, because of cap space. So they traded him for Sammy Blay. The Blues were like, hey, you can have Sammy Blay. We'll take this 30, 35 goal scorer and Pavel Buchnevich and give him the contract he's looking for. That made the team. That kept Tarasenko. That gave them the extra offense they needed. That could happen to the Flyers too, but you have to be right place, right time, very aggressive and have everything ready to go with that. But it can happen. Right. And that's where your pro scouts come into play, that you really have to, much like the LA Kings with Deneau, you have to look at a diamond in the rough who is maybe an extra guy on a team that already has enough scorers Mm -hmm. and peel those guys away to supplement your youth. Yep. It can happen. All right. We are going to name our nemesis of the week coming up next. My favorite part of every week on this show. But first, I just want to say I received in the mail a an amazing package birthday cake puffs from Built. And I have never had anything this delicious before in a protein bar. They're available right now. And you got to get online to built.com and order them right away. They are the best protein bar I have ever tasted. Honest to God, they are a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar. Yes, marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. You can make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, covered it in 100% white chocolate and adding sprinkles. It's got 150 calories, but 16 grams of protein, only nine grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option if you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day. Like I said, all built bars and puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. You can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So go to built.com and get your birthday cake puffs now. With the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off 
at built.com. All right, Russ, it's time to name our nemeses of the week. If you are newer to Locked On Flyers, each Monday we look at the week coming up and say what in hockey or what with the Flyers is our nemesis for this upcoming week. And last week I talked about the lottery jitters and Mm -hmm. what the post-lottery angst was going to look like. Still have some post-lottery angst because... While we expected the fifth pick, I think that the unknowns of who the teams above us are going to pick makes it a little hard to predict who the Flyers might get. But we're going to talk about that on the show, obviously, over the next several weeks. I think for me this week, that leads right into it, right? Who are these top four teams in the draft lottery going to pick? We know Shane Wright is going to go number one to Montreal. But who are the Devils going to pick? They are a wild card. I They are. I have no idea what they might do. I think it's a little easier to maybe think about what Seattle might do. But mm-hmm. then also Arizona, who knows what they're looking for mm-hmm. right now. So I think it's going to be tough. We're going to have a lot of different guys to talk about because there'll be a lot of different guys available. Yeah, no question. I, I could see that. Mine is going to be um, West Coast time. West Coast time is the enemy. I am rooting for every West Coast team to be eliminated when possible. So like Dallas, because they're central time, better than West Coast time, because at least I'm I'm asleep an hour earlier. It's really all about that right now because I'm struggling. You know, I'm finally overcoming this illness and now I'm struggling to stay awake for these other games. But if I had missed Conor McDavid, I'd have been really mad, right? So exactly, I want as many West Coast teams to be eliminated as possible. Well, that's a you know a catch twenty two because I kind of want to see Connor McDavid in the I playoffs know. a little bit longer, but at least at least they're Mountain Time, so yeah, we that's get true. an extra hour there. Mountain Time is better than true West Coast time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, having lived in Mountain Time, I will say it is a hundred percent the best time zone to live in in terms of being a sports fan. But nobody knows. Like somebody, I'm setting up an interview, right? And when you're trying to set up an interview with somebody with mountain time, the other person, not you, never gets it right. Never. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I'm going to go to bat for my mountain time friends. Sure. Go ahead. It's two hours for East Coast, one hour less for West Coast. And to me, central time is the one that doesn't matter. But, you know, there are fewer people in mountain time. Why can't it it. just be the same time everywhere? Uh, China does that. I know it is. It is a theory. We could do it right now. We're just getting rid of uh, standard time, I think, is is the baby step. They voted to get rid of standard time at some point. And we'll just have like, are you in favor of getting rid of it? I am. I want it all to be the same time everywhere. I don't care. Well, uh, you can certainly propose that to your local legislature. What about you? What's your opinion? Um, No, I like having the different times. I I don't mind it. All right. All right, uh, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Of course, it's the Claude Giroux assist on that Carter Verhage overtime game-winning goal. It was such a heads-up play, too. It was. Uh, Just perfect dish, and that's the kind of thing we know Claude Giroux loves to do is just get the puck up in front for somebody else to take a whack at it, and that's what happened. His free agent value has gone up since he's left the Flyers, too. 100%. Absolutely. 
All right, that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We're 100% having a mailbag this week, so get those questions in. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on NHL. From first round matchups to each Stanley Cup final game, Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.